0: All right, we are live. So, welcome to the Commissioner Evaluation Show. I'm John Glenn. You can find me on a Twitter machine at John McGlynn 75 Today, I had the pleasure of talking with the co-host, with the Mo host, Justin Taylor, and our guest, Dustin Ludke. We're talking about Underwear Olympics called the NFL Combine. We'll jump into some commissioner questions, some settings Dustin prefers, and easy plays in. Send some recent news and all that kind of stuff. But uh, we are ready to go. I guess so first of all JT anything new going on the last couple weeks how was the combine how's everything going you're on mute
1: I know people talk smack about it, this, this and that, but I love the combine. I love everything okay. draft related. I don't care. I can't get enough. It's always great for me. So yeah, it was awesome. Plus, you know, being in Indy is great because it's close to me, so I can, I can uh, check all that out. But yeah, you know, disappointed some guys didn't run or didn't test. Yeah. Uh, and that's gonna hurt some uh, draft stock at least for the next couple weeks in mocks. But, uh, but yeah, it's been great, man. I'm just, I've uh, been taking it all in, and a little bit slower at work these days uh, in the winter,
0: so giving you a little more time. To, to get into fantasy football stuff. Dustin, Justin has uh, seen tickets to Indianapolis Colts game, so he was at the Combine too, and it's a regular occurrence for him to be there, so nice. you guys could have met up there.
2: Yeah, I was there as a, I had some media credentials, so I was there as a reporter, and uh, it was nice to do some press conferences, kind of, you know, talk to these guys, and kind of learn a little about them as people, and kind of Hear them talk ball or talk life and uh so it was good to do that and then watch them run and likewise i was disappointed that some of the guys didn't run or didn't test too well but overall it's a great experience i've been tired it's what tuesday and i'm still tired from it so long days but worth it
0: yes yes yeah it's always a good time so tell me about yourself where the twitter machine can find you got any instagram tiktoks uh Instaface, any stuff like that that you could uh, share with, with, with the viewers Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at
2: the DUnit13, so T-H-E-D-U-N-I-T-13. Don't really do the Instagram, all that stuff. I mean, I have a Facebook, but I'm not on it much I just Try to stick to Twitter. I might start doing some TikToks just to get some new fantasy stuff out there. It seems to be the new hotness for fantasy content, but then you can also find me. uh, I write for QB list, Dynasty Nerds, and Dynasty Pros. You can find my stuff there, but if you find me on Twitter, I throw out all my articles when they're out, so Best place to get everything I have.
0: Nice, 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 nice. So, what is a? Uh, tell me about a day in the life outside of uh, fans football for you. Work, family, all that kind of stuff. Like, what's a? Uh, like, what's a whole day like? What you know, on a on a busy day, what's going on?
2: Yeah, it's work. Uh, I work my nine to five. I work at the University of Wisconsin, so I supervise some buildings. Uh, pick up my son. I have one who's nine. Pick him up from school. Come home. You know, it's dinner make sure his homework's done pack his lunch for tomorrow uh you know hang out with the wife uh weekends it's football i do all the laundry on the weekends uh, so that's generally it he's played my son's playing basketball for his second year now so wednesday nights is practice saturdays are games for the next couple weeks so just stuff like that and then you know uh try to do articles at night after he goes to bed and hop on podcasts when i can and uh so that's pretty much my life for the most part it's work and family and football is pretty much what i do
0: that's how it works baby that's how it works yep. What does fantasy football mean to you?
2: Uh, honestly, I've been playing for a long time. So for me, it's uh, it's evolved over the past few years. Since I started doing content about two and a half years ago. It really turned into this community for me now, where I have friends that I've made through fantasy football. Um, you know, people that I consider really good friends. You know, leagues for people who I didn't know until I got into a league with them. Um and doing content creation has created that also that resource and that kind of community for me to grow up. So it's this it's a common ground for people to come together from different places across the country and the world, different walks of life, and just connect over that. So it's been great to do that. Like that community, I, there's friends I wouldn't have if it wasn't for football, um, and it's just a it gives us talking points to talk about. You know, it just opens that door for communication. So that's that's one of the things I really love about it. Whether I'm winning or losing, the fact that I'm having fun with friends is more that's important huge. than anything.
0: That's humongous i got a bunch of home leagues i'm in and i, I you know a yeah. lot of them are my you know friends i've known since in kindergarten you know and you know in a couple leagues sprinkled around and other guys are just guys i met on the on, internet on twitter that had like yeah. illinois or naperville or something like that and I, I created like a handful of home leagues, just kind of doing that yep. so you know it's nice i met so many new people that are content creators podcasters that do fans football for you know for fun but also you know for us you know a hobby a second job kind of thing you know extra bucks but it's nice being leads with competitive players all the time So and, and meeting new people doing it in the process yeah. is a bonus, you know. So um, so are, are you more of a redraft or a dynasty guy or like a best ball kind of person? Uh,
2: I play more dynasty. I have one redraft league, which is a family league, which has been going on for 20-some years. My preferred setting is actually keepers because I like that mix of dynasty and redraft. But if I had to pick a big dynasty, I love – right. I do football – 24 7 365 so there's no off season for me so like i'm always deep diving players i love the expanded rosters and dynasties if i had to pick it's dynasty i love being able to find those diamonds in the rough um and get them in and then right make trades this time of year when the casual fans like who what fantasy's still a thing i'm like yeah it's always a thing um right so i love the combine right so coming out of the combine it's you know who's the big next hotness right and then we get free agency coming up so what's that look like and how does that shape team so even news like Derek Carr signing with the Saints, what does that mean for Chris Olave? What does that mean for Alvin Kamara? What does that mean for Jameis Winston getting cut? What does that mean for Taysom Hill? Like, diving into those things and kind of interpreting those stats and those things and forecasting out and, and hopefully get an advantage is what I really love about it. So, I'm a dynasty guy, especially when it comes to content as well.
0: How far, how far deep down the rabbit hole are you? Like, DFS, Devi, uh, you know, like, I, you know, you can go forever, but. We're, what's the what's the furthest you play like as far as uh you idp WDFS, dfs all that kind of stuff like where are you at
2: i'm just a dynasty nice, i i have a buddy who's trying to get me an idp and i can't do it because uh-huh. i do so much research into these other guys i just don't have time to research all these defensive players on top of all these wide receivers debbie sounds interesting to me but i don't have time to watch college football so if, for me if i'm going to do it i want to be able to feel like i'm can be successful and i can be knowledgeable at it so i don't do that dfs to me is okay um but I like that long season-long process. So I'm pretty much like a strict dynasty week-to-week guy. I like managed leagues. Um, I did just get into a best ball league, which I'm co-managing with the guys. Which you know, it's, but it's a dynasty best ball, so it's easy. We just finished up the draft. But I like to be in a managed league where I set my lineup, but I don't like to get too much into the weeds of IDP or Debbie. Just too much, too many players for me at that
0: point. This guy right below you, this JT guy, likes this IDP <laughs> stuff. Everybody's talking about it. I don't know. How do you do it, JD? How do you, uh, JT? How do you do it? How do you do dynasty, fantasy hockey, fantasy baseball, fantasy lacrosse? How do you do all that stuff?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I watch way too much sports. That's that's the issue with me. I'm I'm reading about sports, watching sports all the time. I was a sports journalist uh, in my previous life. And so, you know, I just kind of keep an eye on that stuff all the time. So, kind of always have a hand in that stuff. And I like to play a little bit of everything. I just like to. I like the randomness of having different leagues and being able to do different strategies and still being successful, hopefully, at most of them, even though you're not drafting you know, the same lineup every time.
2: Yeah, I will say for IDP, I think if the scoring set made it so a Joey
1: Bosa was equal to
2: you know, a top-end running back, I think I would like it more because for me at this point, a lot of the ones I've seen, it's like, you get a defensive lineman, a linebacker safety, and it's really geared towards linebackers, but they almost become throwaway positions. It's like you draft them uh-huh. at the end, kind of like you do kickers and defenses, which is why kickers and defenses are getting thrown out of fantasy, because it's like it's a throwaway, no one cares. If they could somehow yep. standardize the scoring and make it so, you know, a Joey Bosa is equal to, you know, a C.D. Lamb or whatever that is, I think I would like a little more.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I push for in my leagues that I run all my IDP leagues. What we've tried to do is every year make adjustments to scoring. Um, We try to take a basics like an IDP one, two, three scoring. We try to basically take that scoring and then we make slight adjustments because I want every position to be worthwhile. And I want those guys, I want those defensive guys to be worth as much because we had an issue with my longest running IDP league where it was that situation where the defenders were just not scoring enough and guys were like, I'll just pick a guy off free agent waiver wire every week and I'll play like those guys whenever somebody's on a buy. And so it didn't really give you an incentive to draft guys. It didn't really give you an incentive to make trades involving uh, defenders because you're like, yeah, I'll just do that. So we made adjustments the last couple of years and it's drastically changed our league. Um there's a couple guys who don't like it because they just never wanted to pick defensive guys ever. Um, but for the most part, people have realized those defenders do really matter now. Um, and we've adjusted the scoring to make it where a Bosa um, and that type of thing uh, is, is worth a first-round pick, is worth a second-round pick. I was yeah. just having a discussion about TJ Watt the other day. You know, they came out with a new uh, uh, scoring for NFL where defensive ends, edge rushers, are now one position at an edge, oh, uh, yeah. which makes those guys worth a ton more and somewhat immediately tried to trade me a third rounder for TJ Watt thinking I didn't see that yet and I was like he's worth at least a first round pick (laughs) if not more and they're like oh I was gonna you know they're trying to snake me when I wasn't paying attention but yeah that type of league you know TJ Watt was my number one scorer uh, in a league where we start 22 years ago Um, I had a league where Darius Leonard um, you know, Shaq Leonard now uh, led the league in scoring one year. So I think when you make the defenders count for more, it definitely, I think, makes a difference and makes it worthwhile. But I did have leagues where people played like one or two defenders and it was just real generic scoring and it was basically a throwaway
0: position. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, it, that's something I don't ever want to find out. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I will not. I will not invite you to the IDP startup job. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much. I won't accept it even if you do So you're good. <laughs> What's your favorite hobby now and before fantasy? Before now, everybody who does fantasy football like year round like us doesn't really have too many other hobbies. But what'd you do before you got into fantasy football? Uh,
2: I used to play Dungeons and Dragons quite a bit. Um, so this is actually a miniature. It's a crack, and I painted. So I used to paint miniatures. Um, so I painted nice. this guy. I have a whole shelf behind me. Behind the camera there, that's painted miniatures. Play that. And I actually have uh, about 200 Nerf guns hanging on my wall. So I used to collect Nerf guns pretty heavily. And so my 9-year-old loves it. They had some kids in the neighborhood were down here. They grabbed a bunch of Nerf guns. And they can't play down here because, unless my stuff, my lights are taken out. But they took them outside and were shooting Nerf guns. So, Um, you know, stuff like that that I can do with my son. Again, it's that community aspect of it, right? So Dungeons & Dragons Drake is... Get some friends, come around the table for a couple hours every week. You know, go do a big Nerf event with some guys. There's a big Nerf group here in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, you know, go out and have that community aspect. I really enjoyed those. So those were my two hobbies. But now it's football, right? It's football all the time. So any free time I get, it's research or writing an article or hopping on a podcast. So
0: yeah, what's your like? What's your favorite Sunday afternoon munching food when you're glued to TV watching Scott Hansen on a Red Zone?
2: Uh, I never watch Red Zone. I can't stand Red Zone. But I will say. So here's my thing. I know it's a hot take. I don't like red zone because I like football. I enjoy watching a defensive game. I enjoy watching uh, a 10 to three game where there's picks, where there's sacks, where there's all those things. I want to see those plays partially because like from a, a content creator, I like watching what happens, you know, those targets. But I enjoy watching someone like TJ Watt sack the quarterback. I want to watch that. I have nothing against red zone. I just want to watch a full game and understand the whole complexity of the game. And what led to what, right? Because there is that team that you just see what happens in the 20. You're not seeing how they got there and what really led to that. And you're going back on the box scores and going, oh, you know, Devin single Terry had 30 carries, but none in the red zone. Okay, well, that's, you know, how does that work? And what's that play to that strategy of football? So I really love football, but I love a mozzarella stick. I have an air fryer. Get the mozzarella sticks from Costco. Six minutes in the air fryer. Those are my go-to snack.
0: So what you're saying is you like to watch commercials during the football games? What you're trying to say, right? That's so it.
2: my son knows that, like I, you know, because we don't have cable, so I just get two games. So I just flip, you know, whatever's on CBS, whatever's on Fox, and just flip through when there's a commercial. But commercials are great to go get some more snacks, fill up the fill up the drink, and uh, hit the bathroom if I need to. So I don't mind that.
0: My neighbor Joe across the street from me, he's got two t. Te- he's he had one TV in his garage. He only watched the Bears game. And he's like, I'm watching the Bears, I'm like, okay, well you can watch the Bears by yourself. I'll be in my garage. And when the game's over with, I'll come over and watch Red Zone in a second. You know, and that's and yeah. the second games. So he bought a second TV, a second like 46 inch <laughs> TV for the red zone on the top and the Bears game on the bottom, so we could sit in his garage and drink beers and watch the game. So yeah. it's uh, he fixed this. He found a solution to our problem, and I'm very happy with that.
2: If I uh, could, if
1: my wife would let me have multiple TVs, I probably would throw a red zone on one of them.
0: These wives are becoming a big problem in all our lives. <laughs> really.
1: uh, that, that, that's how I set up my basement when I did it this last summer. I got, I got three TVs right in front of me and one behind me in case we have a random game we have to throw on back to. Yeah, but two games on the rollers games and then you know hopefully one on Colts, one on Steelers or the Bears, and then red zone on the other one. You can just look over. That's uh, that's the way to do it.
0: There's Joe says, you're welcome. There you go. Thanks. Joe. I,
1: I will say so. Uh, kind of the deal I
2: work with my wife is I do laundry while I watch football. So commercials i go throw a new load in grab a new load and i said they're in full laundry while i watch football sell uh commercials aren't a horrible thing let's be get the laundry in and out and get that done
0: well, who's your favorite team and who do you want to see them draft in the first round
2: buffalo bills this is my starter jacket from the 90s when i was a teenager
0: i don't want to hear this i know it's gonna be a receiver but go ahead
2: i actually don't want the i want them to take an offensive lineman um i i think they could use a receiver i think they can get by with getting one in free agency um I would like to take a receiver in the second round, but if they signed a Darius Slayton, who's the receiver I like best in free agency, but drafted a no lineman and then maybe sign like Taylor Lewan, I'd be super happy. And then get a guy in the second round who can produce later on. Because I think our window is now. I think we've got three years left of digs. So that's, for me, the Bills window to win. So load up with some you know offensive line, protect Josh Allen. I don't think we need a running back. I mean, obviously, I would love if we got like Derrick Henry. I'm not going to say no to that. But I think we definitely need an offensive lineman. I think
0: that's our biggest need this offseason. Uh, yeah, I just wrote that article yesterday about the Bills probably possibly getting Derrick Henry just to chew up, chew up carries, keep everybody off Josh Allen's back, you know, that kind of stuff. And then in the first round, uh, you know, draft a, uh, you know, possibly a receiver or, a, you know, a uh, a good offensive lineman like you are talking about because they, they really need to help the offensive line a lot. That's probably their biggest problem on the, on the entire team's offensive line. If their defense is good, they the running – it, it, they have a bunch of running backs that are okay, but nothing special. So stuffing yeah. in someone like Derrick Henry and then, you know, giving him a puff every once in a while to PPR back would be a, a nice solution to the whole offense. But, yeah, I, I agree. I said, about,
2: morning, I said this morning it would be really great to see Derrick Henry blocking for Josh Allen on a run. Like, can you imagine Derrick Henry leading lead blocker Just run through people? But I think Diggs is obviously the one. I think Gabe Davis can be a solid two. But I think, he, you know, move him out the wide. Shakir is gonna be good in the inside, moves, digs in the slot, which I think creates a mismatch. So I don't think they need a receiver. I think they need one, I guess a Darius Slayton and then get a rookie in the second round. I'd be super happy.
0: I hear the JSN talk all the time and then I you know all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that just that'll just evaporate my all my clear Shakir shares. So Yeah,
2: I don't think that's happened. I think they get someone in the second round is what I think. And there's a couple of guys I like there, so
0: Yeah, I mean a field stretcher or something like that probably is who we're yeah. all talking about. You know I mean, but uh, you know, he's I mean who says whatever it is what it is so uh that's nice you're a bills fan I'm, I'm one of my one of my friends john hickey's a bills fan and uh, i'm literally i was a dolphins fan my entire life just because of dan marino and now i can't stand the dolphins anymore because they're stupid uniforms and their bad ownership and everything else and they're terrible teams and now i want to become part of the bills mafia but i'm not i don't want to join a team i just want to root for josh allen i guess you know, yeah what it is uh, but anyway oh, i got a couple commissioner questions real fast um do you guys do any kind of things in your leagues like a draft lotteries or losers' brackets, stuff like that? you get, like, uh, extra picks for winning the losers' bracket kind of thing? No,
2: I enjoy loser bracket. I think there should be a last-place punishment, but I'm a, for, I'm a believer in a lottery. So the winner of the bracket, let's say, gets 25 balls. The second-place team gets, like, 10 or 12. Third-place team, let's say we do 12 for the second-place team. Third-place gets 10, and then that last-last place who loses the loser brackets maybe gets the same as the second-place team. And you just do a lottery. So the winning team of the bracket gets a better odds of getting the first overall pick, but there's still a chance that any team could get it. I like that better. I don't like rewarding extra picks because I feel like that creates too much imbalance. Um, but I do think you need to have some incentive for that last place bracket, for that loser bracket. Um, I'm a big fan of loser punishments.
0: Yeah, some of these I have the 113 for as, as a as – uh, if you win the loser bracket, some is a 213, which makes it a little bit more – you know, it's a little bit easier to swallow when it's 213 instead of the 113. Yes. But you know, it's uh it is what it is. It's already a good team that just missed the playoffs, already getting an extra first round pick. So I, I get that, you know. Uh so um what about uh are you you're Dynasty League, you guys have any trade deadlines or anything like that or just kind of uh no trade deadlines, just all year round trading, right? We do have a
2: trade deadline. Usually it's like week I think it's week thirteen, so it's pretty late in the season. So no trading after that, and then until the season's over and then it's open back up for the rest of the year. Which I don't mind. I mean, if it's open all year, it is. It is what it is. Um, you know, I used to be in a league. I used to be in a keeper league where it was open all year, um, so we just kind of let it run and go.
0: Who's got a f- Who's got a fan going or something like that? Or is, it, is there an eight timer next to one of you guys? I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> it must sounds like it's JT. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But anyway, it's funny that we get a comment like that. So, uh, <laughs> I had to read it. Break the show up a little bit. Um, so, do you do any? Uh, punishments for the people who lose your league
2: uh we used to so not like my current leagues but i'm a big believer in them uh so we had in the previous league i was in uh the last place loser got a necklace with a little golden ball sack on it um so that was <laughs> our punishment they had to wear it all year i proposed that they had to put truck nuts on their car that was my proposed punishment for a year um so just imagine someone with like a honda civic driving around with truck nuts on it Just looks foolish um i've also proposed you have to do five minutes at an open mic comedy night and our commissioner straight up told me he would stop playing fantasy rather than do that which shocked me because that's not that big of a deal um you know i think stuff like that where it's fun it again creates that community where you know everyone kind of gets together laugh and have some good time i think it's great i think it's it makes sense to keep everybody engaged but i think it's just that community aspect as long as it's not like super horrible like those tattoo leagues i can't imagine being in that league where you get a tattoo like that's permanent that's forever like I can't yeah, go that far, weird. but something where it's a year long thing and it's not horrible, but it's something like that. So theoretically, the winner of each year got to add a, ch- add a charm to the, to the ball sack necklace. So uh, I had said if I ever won, I was going to get like a Nickelback charm and hang that on there. <laughs> just, just to add insult to injury.
0: Yeah. I like the one, the pancake one where you are sitting in the pancake house. Oh yes. For 24 and, hours
2: uh, and you get an hour off for each one.
0: Yeah, that's that. It'd be like a, I mean, those fat pancakes are fat as hell. I could probably eat. I'm a fat dude. I could probably eat twelve of them, but it's still, twelve hours at a pancake house. Yeah, it's still a lot of time, but open mic yeah, night. Open would mic, be hilarious. Open mic late. like that's a
2: great thing if you all live close by, like right. Because honestly, you could just steal material from another comic, and no one's gonna really care at open mic night. But yeah. like everyone goes, you hang out, get some drinks, get some food, watch your buddy do open mic night, bomb horribly most likely, just have a good experience. You film it, you put it up online. Um, I've done bets with people like a roast me on Reddit. I think that's fun too, uh, yeah. stuff like that.
0: So, What's your favorite site for fantasy football?
2: I prefer Sleeper. It's like Sleeper or ESPN are my preferred. My family league is super ancient, so we still play on Yahoo. It's okay. I can't stand MFL. It's just not user-friendly. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. its functionality, but like its interface is just not great. Sleeper's done a really good job. They still need to fix some things, but I think Sleeper's done a great job. I love that they have messaging on there. Um, kind of creates everything in one
0: spot, which I think is super awesome. So we talked about trades already. What about the waiver wire? Do you get an open waiver wire all year, all year long, or is that shut down too in the off season? We do open waiver wires all year. Um, obviously, we have Fab, which I think is the preferred system for most people. Um, so it runs daily. I think that's the way to do it. Fab is nice. You know, uh, the, having the transactions open all year round is nice. But like I, in most of my like, I work a four on four off rotating twelve hour shift. Some of my buddies are cops and firemen or. You know, JT he owns a couple of restaurants. Like it's it's not fair to the people who sit in front of a desk all day long and can just go a couple minutes before a waiver wire and just you know oh want it. I'll do this or I'll do that you know that everybody's team is different. Yeah, but it's uh I maybe once a week or something like that. Fab or waiver wire I wouldn't understand that, but I we, we I wait till a week after I wait till a week after the NFL Super Bowl I shut it down and I opened it up again two weeks after the rookie draft. So you know that's that's uh. Because everybody – people play fantasy baseball. People are on vacation or summertime with their kids, you know, that kind of stuff. So, I just – you know, it's everybody needs a break a little bit. So, we yeah, can wait to the office and do fab.
1: Yeah,
2: I think that's fine, too. Like, right now, and this time of year, like, if you do it every week, I think that's perfectly fine and, you yeah. know, it gives people a chance to react to news and, and adjust as they want to go. All
0: right, real fast. Say, uh, say if you uh, you like it, you hate it, or you don't care. And uh, yeah. So, full PPR. I hate it. Prefer half PPR. Yeah, well, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Tight end premium. Like, what? What would it be? Like point seven five. No tight end premium.
2: I prefer no tight end premium personally.
0: Man, this is like old school leagues. Yes. Uh, point like a w- point one per carry kind of thing, like that, or any points per carry.
2: Uh, I prefer points per first down.
0: Oh, that's my next question. Points for first yeah. down. Yes.
2: I think points per first down. It makes more sense for running backs. I don't really like points per carry.
0: Rushing, receiving, and passing, or just rushing, receiving. Rushing and
2: Rushing receiving.
0: No quarterbacks just get the SOL no, or what?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, quarterbacks are just SOL. I mean, they get enough points anyway.
0: Point, point one point per target, per carry, per attempt, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, I think that's fine. Like, I think we're trying to balance out those positions, and I think it just has to make sense for your league. And there's always going to be outliers, but I think as long as it's fair, I just prefer not hacking those
0: things. Uh, anything? Um, Kickoff return, punt return yards, punt return, individual players, touchdowns, that kind of stuff. I like that. I like it should go
2: to the player as well as the defense if you have defenses.
0: Absolutely, we don't have defenses, but so yeah, it's but anybody if you do not have players in your league that doesn't it, that does not score for special teams like Antonio Brown was a cheat code and that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. like those dudes. Uh, how much should a passing touchdown be worth? Four, five, six points? I say six. Six, and interceptions should be minus two. Yeah, I have five and two minus two. That's mine, yeah. and that's that's fine too. You know, it's the the more the more it just goes more towards the running, the pass. It, it equals out the playing field from the passing, the rushing quarterbacks. When you make the quarterback – the the throwing touchdowns worth more. So I agree. Uh, bonuses for 100 200 yards, rushing, and receiving yards. I like two hundred yards. I think one hundred is you know a good
2: game, not a great game, but two hundred is a great game for someone. I think they should get bonuses.
0: Yeah, I like to do like three or four, like three for a hundred yard and like six for a two hundred yard game. Okay. It's, you know, maybe even more than that. Sometimes. What about quarterbacks passing for three, four, 500 yards, that kind of stuff? I,
2: I mean, I think 400 yards I would give a bonus. And then, right, obviously a little extra for 500 yards just because that, to me, that's like a all-time great game. Like 300 yards is reachable for most you know, most weeks. I think that's achievable. It's, it's a real good game, but it's not a great game.
0: Yeah, 500 yards has, has happened plenty of times. I just don't yeah. – uh, Sleeper doesn't, doesn't even give you the option to put it in, which I'm trying – I messaged him like five times to do it. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just not happening. What about long plays, like 20, 30, 40, 50, 60-yard passing, rushing, receiving touchdowns?
2: I'm in a league where I have a bonus for 40 yards plus. I think 50 or 60 is where I'd put it at just because, right, those big plays are exciting. For me, I want fantasy to kind of mirror football on some level. And, like, a 40-yard play is not super exciting, but a 50, 60-yard play is super exciting. I want that extra points.
0: Auction startup or regular uh, draft board? Uh
2: I would, I've never done an auction. I want to, uh, just involves everybody getting together, but I, I, you know, obviously snake draft for me, but I think auction is super fun. I like the strategy of it. I just haven't got to do it yet.
0: Yeah. More scoring the better. Absolutely. Joe. Uh, I love the, 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 the thing about auctions. I actually love auctions, but I drove two hours to go to JT's bar to join (laughs) and do an auction draft with JT. And I still managed a way to mess it up, you know? So I don't know, like it's so fun. And it's so it's so awesome to actually do that. doing a full round uh, auction is is one of the best like feeling drafts in the world. But yeah. you can mess up real bad by just going to you know being tempted by some you know guy. We got Christian McCaffrey for like two hundred fifty bucks, which is pretty cheap in a thousand dollar budget for right. only like five rounds. And it's yeah, still- we ju-
1: we jumped in so quick. We got a lot of good players. I liked all the guys we got. And just uh, we spent so much money. Then you just sit there and you're like, uh, I don't have any more money to spend. I'm out on the next twenty five guys I get. Up because I don't have enough money to, to bid on them. So that's always the tough part of an auction. You got to be got to be able to wait around and, and, and kind of bide your time. I think yeah. that's
2: the that's the strategy I like. Right? Is do you want to go mid Like Do you want to just front load your team or like and then nominating players? Like what players do you nominate to try to bleed out money from other teams? I think is super fun. All right. So if there's a guy I'm down on, maybe I throw him out to hope you know, people will spend 250 bucks on him, right, and bleed out some money. So they're in that situation of like I have no money left, and you can just start scooping up the guys you like, real fast
0: yeah buddy uh <laughs> are you uh when you do your auction when you do rookies is it uh you never did an auction so you're obviously your rookie drafts are all probably linear drafts right and linear uh drafts, yep. there's we were talking about there's an auction uh rookie drafts there's uh linear drafts there people some people still do snake drafts and then there's a tiered auction where you get like like the number one one pick the guy who gets number one one pick will get like 385 dollars And the person who gets like 512 would get like $7, you know, so there's no, you wouldn't be able to add up, but the number two guy couldn't add up to get more money than the number one guy. But if you traded like pick 113, plus you already hit 104, you can up the number one player for the number one, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be handcuffed at the 104, you know, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. I, I like the, I like any concept where every player, every owner walks into it on the same level field, whether that's the same, you know. Yeah. Uh, budget or the same value of picks. So that's why I think linear drafts make sense for rookies because, you know, doing a snake draft there just becomes, I think, right. There's that advantage, I think, at the turn because you're getting better players. Because in some drafts like this year, I think there's a clear gap after the 110 or 112. So, like, being that if you did a turn there, you're getting better players, right? So I think you want to kind of create parity, right, with having the person have 101, have 201 as well. So they get the better team, better player to theoretically, theoretically be a better team this up in the year and
0: in the future. Right. All right. So uh, thanks for sharing your opinions on how you play, how you guys play leagues. Uh, There were some things, a lot of things happened in the NFL was kind of deadlines for uh, tagging people. What happened in it? Do you guys see anything? I
2: mean, surprisingly, Daniel Jones got a deal done. Uh, It's like four years, a ton of money. And then they tagged Saquon Barkley, uh, which I thought was interesting that they were able to get both of them. There was talk that they couldn't get neither of them. Um, So getting Barkley, I think it's the better math for the two the, for that team. Like I think they saved money by tagging Barkley, signing Jones, instead of tagging Jones, signing Barkley. Right. Um so that was that was the big news. That was right at the deadline, which I thought was cool to see. It's like it's fun, it that suspense to it. So they pay Dan Jones a lot of money, but they can get out after it uh, get out under it for after two years. So we'll see how that goes for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's sure. just got 82 million guaranteed for those first two years. So yeah, if it ends up bombing out, they can, they can get out of them after a couple of years. The, the reports that I'm seeing are interesting is, you know, he figured the Ravens were going to tag Lamar, which they did. Um, just to kind of see what the market would be out there. And there's already a ton of reports of a million teams have already said like, oh, we're not interested. We're not We're not even going to offer them a deal. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, this is, this got crazy real quick. All of a sudden all these teams you thought might give them a little look. Um, Maybe the Ravens played this one on the right. If I, I still can't believe no one's going to pay him. Somebody's going to. But uh, I think maybe they did the right thing, saying, hey, see if somebody's going to give you what you keep saying you think you're going to get, and we'll match it if they offer it and they match it and take it and say, hey, th- we gave you the option, open – get out there see what you can you can get on the open market and we'll just match whatever they give you and then if you're the ravens you've just saved yourself because you're like hey this is what was offered like we're not being jerks about it this is what the market is and then they in the end don't was look as as long as they match it they don't look like the bad guys i don't think
2: yeah i mean right and the conspiracy theorists will say oh it's the owners conspiring to not have guaranteed deals and the Browns really screwed every one thing up by, you know, signing Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed, and no one else wants that. The Ravens are calling Lamar's bluff. Lamar says, I'm worth X, and they're going, we don't think so, but if you can go get it, go get it and come back to us. If yep, exactly. he, doesn't,
0: yep, if he exactly. doesn't get
2: it, what does he do? Does he, does he not play on the franchise tag? Does he sit out for a year? Does he play? Who knows? I think he sits out. I don't think he wants to play on the franchise tag.
0: Yeah. I saw the Jets were allowed to talk to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that's uh... – that's a, I think that's a kind of a. Um, I think Vegas would be a better spot for him, but at the same time, uh, the Jets have a really good defense, uh, some really good receivers. Uh, the the offensive line thing kind of scares me a little bit with the Jets, but uh, if, they, if they get their running back back and you know the, with the, with a functioning backfield, that would be a good. Spot. I think the Jets would be a fine spot. I guess that would be somewhere. I'd be happy to see him go there. I think that's that's kind of where it just seems like the chips are going to fall anyway. So
2: yeah, they they flew out there. to flew out to California to go talk to them. So like the owner and the coach and the GM and all those people flew out to California today to talk to him. If he doesn't land, if Rodgers isn't a Jet, I think the whole world will be shocked at this point.
0: Yeah. Where where is the best spot? Do you think who do you think? I keep hearing the Texans are going to trade. Just just pay the two first and get and get Lamar. But at that point in time. Do you think Ravens would just say no? I'm sorry, we're going to pay them. Like they're just calling a bluff right now, or what do you think's going on with that?
1: I mean, I can't see the Texans doing that. I mean, they're in prime position to draft a QB. They're a team that's in a total rebuild. There's no reason to go out and spend a ton of money on a QB when you know you're rebuilding, at least for the next uh, couple years here. I can't see that for them. The, the team I thought that just seemed like a perfect fit all around was the Falcons, just the offense they're running, the way they run the ball. Um, I just felt like with – pitts and london it just seemed like it's set up for lamar to go there and then all of a sudden there's a report today somebody said oh the falcons aren't even interested in offering a yeah. deal which seems insane to me i can't believe that they would even be looking at trying to get him but uh, to me outside of the ravens that, that falcons team feels like a wide open division Feels like a team that's a little bit on the rise, even though they didn't have a great record last year. they were at least competitive compared to the year before, and obviously if they had better QB play. I mean, look how many rushing yards Marcus Mariota had last year. So you put a, a, a legit running guy in Lamar on that offense, and I just think that team all of a sudden is the favorite in, in the South there. But but that it'd be shocking to me if they if they just completely just throw their hands up and say, we're not even interested in offering him anything or bringing him in for an interview at all. And that seems crazy to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, the Falcons make sense, but I think if you're a team and you are interested, you do go. Oh, lot. no, we're not interested to try to drive his price down. The crazy one for me is the Colts. Like Jim Ursay is a nut job. So who knows what that man can do when he's up late at night. Like he can make that call and just all of a sudden happens. Cause he's just, he wants to win now. He wants the next Peyton Manning. He wants that franchise guy could be trading the fourth overall pick and the next year's first It'd be a huge get for the Ravens, but Jim they could do it. And then there was talk of the commanders and I know there was like that fake slash real report that Schefter was on Barstool talking about, you know, Snyder possibly trading for him and giving him this huge contract just to kind of say F you to the league and then bouncing and selling the team. Not out of the question. Cause again, he's another kind of wild card who just wants to be a menace. So, I think the Colts and the Commanders are my two outside shots of, like, possibly doing it just because their owners are just complete wild cards and basket cases.
1: Yeah, I think Colts – I mean – I, I would have not thought about the Colts only because I just didn't think they would have had enough to get him. But at this point, I, if everybody else says they're out, I can't see how yeah. the Colts don't turn around and go, I didn't think we'd be, even have a shot at this guy, and maybe we will. Because I know a lot of Colts fans were talking about Stafford last year. Uh, you know, Two years ago, we were talking about uh, Derek Carr this offseason as mm-hmm. a possibility. Um, I can't believe you wouldn't think about a, a Lamar. Um with that offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, I mean, I think they can make some stuff happen there. Uh And that team legitimate. You put a Lamar on the Colts. That team's a playoff team. I mean, there was injuries killed them last year and they lost a lot of close games, but if they had competent quarterback play. That team would have been the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I had a picture today on the end. I couldn't, it was on Twitter and I, by the time I was going to screenshot and put it on the screen today, but I, I, I lost it in the middle of like the rigmaroo. but uh it would show Lamar Jacks. It showed, Justin Fields with a Ravens thing in the background. And somebody said, look, at the script has been set for uh, the NFL already knows what's going to happen. What happens if the Bears traded traded Justin Fields in a pick for Lamar Jackson?
2: I mean, the problem is, so in order for that to happen, the Bears have to trade out of one, right? Because you're not going to trade. At this point, they have to trade two first, right? That's Unless they rescind the tag, which would be a whole other mess. And that's that's something the team could do. Like the Colts could trade from four to twenty, just so their picks and, and rack up a bunch of second round picks, and then trade, so they're not trading the fourth overall pick. The Bears trading, <laughs> the Bears want Justin Fields. I don't think there's any way they trade Justin Fields, even for Lamar. You just don't gain a lot. Like, you're going to pay him a ton of money. They don't seem like the franchise and the own, and the way it's been going the past two years it doesn't seem like they want to pay a bunch of these veteran guys. They, let, they traded Roquan Smith because they didn't want to take the contract. They're probably letting Montgomery go on free agency. I just don't see it would completely change what they've been doing. Um, it seems like a lot to get Lamar, who's had injuries the past two seasons, who's at that threshold of injuries for a rushing quarterback. They've got a rushing quarterback. I don't see it doing it. That's why I think the Colts make sense. Like they got Shane Steichen, who worked with Jalen Hurts, now rushing upside. The Bears Bears doing it would shock the Bears fans, and I don't know what Bears fans would do at that point. I feel like they'd be at a
0: loss. <laughs> I'm not even a Justin Fields fan, but I'd be pissed about that move. Yeah. You know, so it's I would be pretty because you got a lot of work to do on that team and bringing Lamar in there, pretty much having a bunch of crap receivers, maybe who nobody who's to say that the Bears are gonna hit on receivers in a the draft. They don't they yeah. don't hit very well on receivers in the first round no. of the draft, notoriously. So uh, you know, I mean receivers have come a long way since last time they drafted, but uh it's uh Nothing's guaranteed, and you're not Lamar Jackson is not guaranteed to to ride the ship with a with a stripped bare bones kind of roster like they have right now. So I I just thought I thought it was interesting at first, kind of like yeah. ooh gives you the ooh ah feeling, and then you're like oh that doesn't make any yeah. sense, you know. So, Yeah, I get it. Uh, anything else happened? Uh, let's see.
2: Tony Pollard got tagged uh, by the by the Cowboys. Uh, we knew Josh Jacobs was already going to get tagged. Uh, so that happened a couple, a couple of days ago. Um, Evan Ingram guys, got yeah, tagged. Ingram got tagged, and then um, DeJuan Payne for the Commanders got tagged. So only six people got tagged. There was a bunch of you know teams that thought where they were going to tag guys, and they didn't. So um, interesting to see those guys go. Uh, a couple other cuts from Tampa Bay, but no one major, just more defensive players are just shedding cap space. So we're still going to see that. I mean, the only other news was, like, little Jordan Humphreys signed with the
0: Broncos, so – Little Jordan, baby, yeah. Jordan, yeah. <laughs> it's the best some, name.
2: It's the best name in the NFL. Little Jordan Humphrey.
0: When I first saw that name, like two years ago, I think it was. Uh, I was like, "What the uh, – You know, it was a fun name. But uh, what about um? I saw Joe Mason was flash news about something. Did something happen with that, or was this kind so, of So, like, Yeah, there was a shooting,
2: Ooh. and we're not sure if it was at his house or near his house last night. So apparently, kids were playing however you call it ding dong ditch we called it knock knock zoom zoom growing up where they go and knock on the door and run away yeah apparently one of them was doing it and got shot (laughs) but not didn't die went to the hospital so they were knocking on joe mixon's door no one was coming to the door apparently there was one person in the house we're not sure if it was Mixon or not but it doesn't sound like they were involved police went away no one was arrested so it seems like it's a no issue um so if you knew about it this morning you could have probably traded for joe mixon because that owner was probably freaking out but seems like it's a no news story right now
0: yeah, even his first problems weren't even anything like crazy serious. It was like a class yeah. B plus minus thirty-seven yeah. degree misdemeanor or something. So yeah, it was. Yeah, so no big. All right, that's uh, that's about it. All right, you guys are both. You guys, uh, I mean, I watch parts, bits, pieces of the combine between the my, between life. So um, we got some questions for you uh, for about some positions and uh, JT. As we go, you're more than welcome to jump in and say anything you got to say too. But. What's my quarterback ranking before and after the draft, the top four quarterbacks? What's so before
1: quarterback before
2: the draft, I had it, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson. Obviously, now Anthony Richardson had this great combine, you know, best athlete we've ever seen at a combine, you know, crazy numbers, setting records. I still have Stroud one. I still have Bryce Young second. I thought there was a clear gap before the thing. I have Anthony Richardson out there and Levis fourth but I think the gap now is between three and four instead of between two and three. So I think Stroud's still the best in in my opinion, the best prospect. I think the gap between two and three between young and Richardson is as less than, I think Levis fell back a little bit. So for me, there's that clear top three and then Levis. And then there's some other guys after that, but uh, having Levis jump or fall and having Richardson jump up and getting closer to young for me was interesting. And, and having CJ Stroud hold on to that one position for me, like, there was questions about, you know, what he was going to do. He didn't run the 40, but he looked really good in the passing drills to me.
0: Yeah. I think uh, most people, I think because of Anthony, Anthony Richardson, uh, heroics, he's, he's a lot of people's number one, but it's real close with C.J. Stroud. And then Bryce Young and Will Levis seem to be the consensus, like top four. So. Top four.
2: I think yeah. Anthony Richardson's is, like, obviously a phenomenal athlete and a prospect,
0: but
1: I think he needs a
0: year to learn So. JT, what about you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm the same boat. I almost uh, completely agree with everything you said there. Stroud's been my number one uh, basically since last year. I thought he was the guy. I thought he yep. had the makeup, uh, just the consistency where he puts the passes, uh, moving around. He's not a runner, but he's got a guy that has got that sneaky athleticism where he can mm-hmm. move in the pocket and get a couple yards if you need it. Um I agree completely. I think Richardson jumped up just because he saw the athletic profile, even though we knew it was going to be good. It was just better than people thought. Um, I think, you know, he's that guy. If you're, if you're willing to sit on him for two years, I think you've got a shot that he could go somewhere with the right coaching. You put him in a bad situation where he's getting sacked every five seconds. You know, maybe a guy like that who already has not a ton of confidence in his passing ability, maybe it just ruins him. But if you can get him on the right team and get him in the right setup, I think it works. Uh, We've talked about, I'm probably the most hated like Will Levis guy on Twitter. I just don't like Will Levis at all. I just don't like him at all. I've seen this too many times with other guys who just did not perform in college. And then they just said, oh, well, they're big and they got a big arm and man, he can make some crazy throws. But I'm like, I saw so many throws he made that were bad in college, and those are guaranteed picks in the NFL. I just feel like he is a turnover machine waiting to happen in the NFL, especially if he ends up on a team with not a very good offensive line. I mean, we're talking 20-some picks. I mean, we're, I just, I, the guy's got talent. I'm not, and I don't hate him <laughs> personally. I just, I just don't see it. Uh, watching film way too many throws off his back foot. He almost never steps into any of his passes, yes. which is the biggest problem for me. Cause that's a, in the NFL, that's how stuff floats on you. That's how you get picked. Um, and I think he does have a super strong arm, but I think that's also what's hurting him is that he has such a strong arm. He's relying on just, overthrowing it to everyone and and we've seen that not work in the NFL I mean you got to be an absolute precision guy to Mm -hmm. be thrown off your back foot and still put it in the right spot and he is not that type of guy as you saw if you look at a lot of interceptions he had last year a lot of them were throws he threw behind receivers and they bounced off their hands now maybe they're not the greatest receivers in the world but he also wasn't putting the ball in a window where he should have to open guys so I'm out on Levis I wouldn't take him at all uh, personally, unless I was a team that was just going to sit on him, and I would take him maybe in the third round. But this top ten to me is crazy. Richardson, yeah. if I'm the Panthers or the Falcons, and I'm like, I got a guy that I think's okay, but I'm not sure about. And if we take next year, it's okay. Then maybe I take Richardson, thinking he's going to be good in a year or two. But I, if you take Richardson and play him right away, maybe he he does a Justin Fields and just runs the ball everywhere all day. But I would be scared that I'd ruin it if I'm going to play him too
0: early. What
2: about – the, the, go ahead. I'll say with Levis, like, what I didn't like about him is, yes, he has a cannon, but, like, on those drills where you have to have touch, he was just gunning it in. So Like, he seemed to lack that understanding of, like, oh, this pass needs to be a, a softer pass because they're coming back towards me or they're a slant rider. I need – and so that affected his ball placement. But like you saw receivers like he was like gunning it in. They're like you could tell they were almost like shocked, like, I don't need you to gun the ball to me. I'm five yards away from me. You. you don't need to throw a full C so he lacked that touch which affected his his uh
1: his accuracy. Yeah, so, and I think that's where you saw where the ball's bouncing off his receiver's yep. hands into place because he's shucking it where a guy's open, and he just needs to get it to him, and he's yep. lasering it at him, and it's bouncing off their hand because they're only six yards downfield, and mm-hmm. it bounces into a linebacker's hand for a pick or a DB, and I just oh, – he just, man, reading – there's a lot of reads he made where you're like, I can't even believe you threw that pass. Like, what were you even looking at? Um, and that just scares me. I mean, stats up and down, yeah, he didn't play with the best talent in Kentucky. But honestly, they've had probably more talent in Kentucky in the last couple of years than they've had in a really long time. So to just say he didn't play with anybody I think is is a little bit of a knock on some of the other guys in Kentucky.
0: Yeah, that was my next question. Did he lose a lot of his team and really couldn't produce because he was just, you know, didn't have a lot of chemistry, That not as good as an offensive line, not as good as receivers. Was it, is it, is it him and his mechanics and his not reading defense or was it just kind of a whole new team and he kind of got stuck, get thrown in the fire?
1: I mean, they had Wandale Robinson last year. I mean, Wandell had a monster year. Uh, Rodriguez, their running back last year and this year, is really good. Uh, I know I'm going to forget. I'm going to mess up his name right now. Wait, I'm wait, wait. Rodriguez,
0: Rodriguez is like a bathtub with legs. He, he's the slowest guy on the, on the planet. So,
1: <laughs> Well, he's not fast, but the guy was solid in college. I mean, he made plays. Uh, Brown, uh, sophomore, wide receiver. I'm, I'm blanking on his first name. Uh, he's a Debbie darling. He's a guy that's going to be a uh, good, uh, I think, uh, high Debbie pick. So it's not like they didn't have anybody. And again, if you're Will Levis and you're a top 10 QB, you got to make those guys better. You got to make plays. Uh, And he just, man, there's so many plays he didn't make. And a lot of the plays, you look at the highlight reel, it's him making throws off his back foot, throwing it away. Guys are making the catch. But it's like, I'm watching that throw and I'm like, okay, that's a touchdown in college that's a pick in the pros. The yeah, yeah, guy's going to take it. that away. And that was my biggest takeaway on him. I just – I see a Jake Locker. I see some yeah. of these other guys we've seen that in the past, go. a Blaine Gabbert, where you see guys, they had big arms, they had the size, everybody fell in love with the physical, and they just totally ignored the fact that their actual production on the field wasn't great.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's comparisons that he's this – you know, he's he's this year Zach Wilson, and you got like guys like Cody Carpentier – who says that this is this year's quarterback one? So it's super polarizing what he's got going on this year. So uh, you know, only time will tell. Maybe draft and where he lands. Maybe he sit somewhere for a year or so and, and and learn. That's all we can hope for. If he gets thrown in a fire, it might be a big problem for somebody. So yeah,
1: I mean, I think uh, C.J. Stroud. I mean, I think you a guy you put a different uniform on him. I think half the people changed their mind. I think there's just such an Ohio State bias right now yes. from people that they're like, oh, all these other quarterbacks never worked out. And, oh, of course he's got to be awesome. Look at how many awesome wide receivers he's had. Well, yeah, that's also why he threw for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. The guy had really good talent around him, but he also put the ball right where he needed to. So it's not like Ohio State was running one-yard pass patterns and he was just flinging it out there and then the guys were breaking 90 yards. I mean, he was making precision throws all over the place, and I think the fact that it hasn't worked out with the, for the you know however many guys for the last 10 years I just think is a disservice to him just on the on the colors jersey and I I still think that about Justin Fields I think he's got a little bit of disservice being an Ohio State guy where maybe he had he had played at a different school and maybe even a smaller school they'd be making every excuse in the world for him about how always got those upside because he played with nobody it's like the reverse jinx it's like oh he played with everybody he had to be awesome well he was awesome that's the point he did show Show up and and play as well as you thought he could. Um, so I, I like I said, and C.J. Stroud's young. I mean, Richard, sophomore. I mean, the guy I mean, he's got all the metrics you need. So I, I'm all in on C.J. Stroud. I if the Colts get him, I am going to jump and cry, and I love it. If they don't <laughs> get him, I'm going to be so upset. But I'll have to figure out a way to move on. But man, I I, I really want to see the Colts with C.J. Stroud uh, in that
0: backfield. Jim, the icon. Thanks for checking in. I appreciate it. Go Bears is right. Go Bears. How many quarterbacks go in the first round of the NFL draft? And on top of that, what about rookie drafts this year? Because there's a big, like a, there's a Grand Canyon kind of like fall off after the first four quarterbacks. So, is is like, are we going to see something like possibly like a Hendon Hooker or something like that kind of falling to going to first round three reaches somebody else that I'm not that we're not thinking of?
2: Yeah, I think we see four, maybe five. I think Stroud, Young and Richardson go top 10, maybe even top 5. I think Levis probably goes in the 20s, and I think a team trades up to get that 50-year option on either and Hooker, or if they somehow get past character issues, Stetson Bennett. And Stetson Bennett looked really good at the combine throwing, had a decent measurables. Um, It's just his personality that people don't like. He's just kind of a jerk. Uh, That's the way he came off to me and to a lot of the people there that did the interviews. Um, The fact that you get a fifth-year option, taking the first. I could see a trade tr- traded up kind of like a Jordan Love um, to get that fifth-year option out of out of Hooker or Stetson Bennett. I think Hooker is more likely. Um, so we could see, you know, one of those QB-needy teams that don't get a guy early trade up. Like if the Panthers are sitting at nine and Stroud, Young, and Richardson are go, but maybe they don't take a QB at nine and then they trade back up in second and get Hooker. Right, they could do that. Um, so I think we see four maybe five. And then in rookie drafts, I think you should have three and you could have four. Right, obviously, Stroud, Young, Richardson, I think, go in your rookie startup drafts in the first round, even in 10 teams. I think it depends on landing spot for Levis and Hooker. If they're going to go to a team where they possibly could have a chance of starting, right? so let's say one of them goes to Minnesota, right? And it's like Kirk Cousins there. Kirk Cousins probably start on the year, but maybe next year they get a start. I think you could see one of them go at the end of the first round draft. So I think 3 I think 4 or 5 go in the NFL draft and I think 3 or 4 go in the
1: first round of your rookie drafts. GG Yep, I think that's spot on. Uh exact same thing for me. Uh yeah. the big question I'm getting from people is one Q B leagues. Where, you know, do you think any of these guys are elite enough to be taking a guy in the first round early second? I think it depends on your league, especially if you got IDP scoring involved, which is most of my one Q B leagues are IDP, so you're gonna those guys are gonna drop a little bit because of that reason. Um I'm thinking, you know, if I like the landing spot for Stroud, if he ends up on the Colts, I'm probably looking at taking him early second to, to mid-second round just because I think he can be productive and he's going to be on a good team. If I get Bryce Young on Texans, he's falling for me just yeah. because I'm like, man, he's going to be on a bad team. They're really going to struggle. Uh, injury woes. I probably would be looking at any of those other guys not until the third round if it's for me in a in a one ID. There's just too many wide receivers and too many RBs out there that I think could have an earlier impact on you in a one QB league. So I'm probably the only guy I'm taking early would be Stroud, and i would, you know if I've got the convenience of my team's yeah. pretty good, then I maybe am taking a young or I probably in that format I'm probably taking AR in yeah, front
0: of I, young. Yeah.
1: For me, just for the upside, uh, you know, a guy. Can you have it, sit him, and then he ends up turning into a Hertz, where someone and blows up for you, and then you can trade away whoever you had in front of him. Yeah, um, but yeah, outside of those guys, I'm probably not taking anyone else. And even in a super flex league. I'm probably only taking like a Stetson Bennett or someone in my fourth or fifth round yep. where I'm just like real desperate. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just throwing a dart and hoping this guy maybe gets some playing time this year or next year, or finds himself a situation where injuries throw him in the lineup and I'm like, Ooh, now I can play him or I can trade him for a third rounder next year or something like that.
2: Yeah, I yeah. agree. So I, I think Stroud goes to the Texans and I think they take JSN at 12 is what I think is going to happen in the NFL draft, which would push, Stroud even higher for me, and I think, a tree, I think a team trades with the Bears to take either Young or Richardson at 101.
0: How many of these guys do you think are going to pan out in, like, five years? Like, how many of these people are still going to be in the league? Of these four elite, maybe one surprise quarterback, who, who, who do you think will still be in the league? Who's got the best chance, or how many of them at all are, gonna, are still be in the league in, in five years?
2: I think four will be starters. I think Stroud, Young, Richardson – and Hooker are starters in the league in five years. I think Hooker needs some time to develop. He's coming off an injury, so he didn't do anything at the combine other than get measured. Um, I can see him developing if he gets to the right spot. I also wouldn't be surprised if Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a backup in the league for the next 10 years. Like I don't think he ever gets a shot. I think he's the next Josh... Uh, Josh Thompson or whatever is a backup. Like I think, I think DTR is a backup in the league, and I think he's smart enough and intelligent enough and has enough skills to just be a constant backup
1: for the next ten years. So he'll be in the league. I just want to give him a chance to start. Yeah, I agree with him. I uh, I know a lot of Steelers fans still on still Twitter are looking at him like, ooh, we should we should look at maybe getting him in the sixth or seventh round as a possible backup to pick it yeah. in case something happens with some. So I definitely think he's a guy. I agree with you. Uh, could be another Josh Johnson plays in the league for the next ten years, kind of get some starts here and there. Uh, you know, maybe never takes over a team, but a guy that could be solid and, and come in and not lose you games yes. if you actually have a team that's pretty good. I agree.
0: All right, let's switch to running backs now. Let's say who's a. At, at Post combine one two three running backs. Go ahead, go ahead, and go first.
2: I've got Bijan Robinson, then Jameer Gibbs, then I have Devin the Chain as one two three. I did not like what I saw from Zach Charbonnet personally, so he was my three, and he moved to maybe four or five or six. I can't have him fully decided. Uh,
1: JT. Yeah, this is a tough one because the one guy I really wanted to see show out and have a good day was Sean Tucker, and he yeah. didn't take uh, part in any of the drills or anything, didn't run the 40. If he would have came in and ran like a four four two or four four three forty, 40 I think he could have really moved himself up to list in that number three spot. I mean, he's the biggest dropper I've seen in drafts, mock drafts, in the last month. He oh, yeah. went from – one six, one seven, one eight at the highest to he's mid second round at yeah. best right now in drafts. I'm looking at um, for me. I'll take it. I hope he falls. I love him. I've got a lot of like early and mid second round picks. I'd love to get him there. Um, I still think he's a guy that could be really good if he ends up in the right system with zone blocking because he's got such good bursts and he can and he cuts well. A uh, cane. Man, he's just got to end up on the right team. He's yeah. so small, but the guy's got so much
0: ability. Pass.
1: If you could put him in a team where they just figure out ways to get him in, you know, out in the open and get touches, I think he could end up being huge. But he's gonna have to end up in the exact right setup. Uh, Bijan, obviously number one for me. I think Gibbs again is number two, Here, uh, just because his pass catching ability and speed. Man, landing spots are going to be tough on these guys. I know I'm probably an outlier on this, but I still love Chase Brown. I, I still think he kind of was a guy that faded away the last month, and then, man, he showed out at the combine. Had all the size you wanted, the speed, and people weren't expecting to run. I think he ran a 4.46, if I'm right, 4.43, something right in that range. But uh, he ended up being that 210 pounds. He was the same height and same weight he was listed at in college. So he was one of those guys who weren't wasn't under what everybody thought he was going to be um and I just think I mean I watched him all year in Illinois he was just a beast man the guy runs hard he even when they knew he was going to get the ball every play eight nine man box he still was making plays still running guys over I just think he's highly underrated I think if he ends up in a a backfield where there's not a clear-cut number one starter I think he's a guy that definitely could produce for fantasy I I want to get him that early third but mm-hmm. I'm also nervous that he won't be there. So he's a guy I'm probably going to overdraft this year just because I feel like he has that huge upside uh, and experience uh, that I could – if I can get him in the mid-second, I'm probably taking him in the mid-second. You
0: know, mine, uh, uh, Bijan and, and Gibbs are obviously number one and two for pretty much everybody. But I've been beating the drum. You can, you can check my Twitter feed. I've been beating the drum for Roshan Johnson all oh, offseason. Oh, yes. So – I, I've been I've been that guy, and everybody's like, who, what? what? I'm like, he didn't even touch the ball. You see, you know, he sucks. You know, blah, blah blah. I'm like, no. I, you know, he he was on a couple sites. Like a player profile I had him running like a four eight three or a four eight four forty, like something real slow. Like he's carrying a piano on his forty yard dash. But he is just a big dude that runs. You know, he runs pretty big. At, he's a special teams guy, a pass blocker. You know, a big uh. You know, he's he's like, he can catch the ball too. The only reason the only reason he doesn't. It, it, because BJ, I was house farm, farms no reason he, yep. he didn't play but he played quarterback in high school he understands the game too you know he's one of those guys who you know he could he could see the field he knows what to look for he knows how to block he knows how to do everything so that's my number three i and, I, and I'm, I'm gonna hope i hope that by the time drafts come around you know he doesn't move up too much more because he seems to be move on draft boards right now but that's my uh, number
2: three i fell in love with roshan johnson's prep conference so i did a press conference with all the running backs and i asked him like what kind of person and player are they get in the locker room and off the field and all of them talked about being almost all of them said i'm a pretty quiet guy i don't say too much when i asked roshan johnson he was like i'm gonna be a leader i'm gonna be a vocal leader He's the only one that brought up being vocal he's like there's a vocal element to it he's like but then i'm gonna prove it on the field he's like whatever that takes he's like i'm gonna be out there putting in the work, going to be the first guy in, last guy out. I'm going to encourage teammates, but also call them on their crap. Like He impressed me so much. I mean, he ran a 4.58, which is slightly sl- slower than Tank Briggsby at 4.56 and Zach Charbonnet at 4.53. But he had a faster 10-yard split at a 1.52. The other two were at 1.54. So he was at the third best 10-yard split. When it comes to weight-adjusted 40, he ran .04 faster than what his weight-adjusted 40 was. Charbonnet ran a .06. Yeah, and they're both six foot 200. Roshan came in 219, Charbonnet 214. I'll say this about Chase Brown though. When we talk about Chase Brown, 443, a 153 split, so fifth best in 40, sixth best in, in split, ran 0.14 faster than his weight adjusted 40. He was the third best in weight adjusted 40 in that group. He wasn't even being talked about when we pre combine. We were talking about this group that to go for third, it was right, it was Bigsby, Charbonnet. Sean Tucker, all these guys, and no one talked about Chase Brown. All of a sudden, he jumped up huge for me. I loved what I saw from him. I think he's probably in my 4-5 or five range for me. I just like a chain better. I think he has the potential to be a Jarek McKinnon type. where When you know it, Devin Achain's on the field, they're going to pass, but his speed and quickness is going to let him get open, and then once he gets the ball in his hands, he's going to make space. That's why
1: I have him third. Yeah, I look at Chain a lot, a landing spot for him. I think it's if he matter. could end up on the Colts, and I know I talk about it all the time, but man, Neon Hines, <laughs> if he could take that Neon Hines yep. spot – uh, where he's playing third downs, where they're lining off in the slot, where they're mo- motioning him out. Do I mean? Do you get a team that's going to use them like that? I yeah. think I chain. I I love it. So yeah. landing spot's huge for me on him. But this is this is one of the groups, man. If you got a bunch of seconds, a couple early Load thirds, up on I'm him, loading yep. up on them, and I'm taking as many RBs as I can, yep. and seeing which guy hits because I just think it's a group that's a really good group that has high upside. It just Depends on where they land, who's in front of them, and who's yep. behind them. Because I could see any of these guys, depending on landing spot, jumping up and immediately being a starter
0: next year if they get the opportunity. Zach Moss and Gian Jackson have a lot to say about somebody coming <laughs> in their You right, buddy? Relax. <laughs> They're totally different players than the chain.
1: I mean, he's going to be a totally different guy than them if they got someone like that. But yeah. uh, I think Chase Brown uh, reminds me a, a little bit of, um, oh, I just, I just lost his name. Uh, old UConn running back that played for the, the Colts for a little while. I had kind of the same body size as him, but much faster as Brown. And he just went against tough defenses all year in the Big Ten. Um, so that's, I just think he's a guy that could, could be an absolute stud on the right team. I mean, you, you see him go to the Eagles. I mean, his draft stock would go through the roof if he ended up on a team like that.
2: I agree. And I'm curious to see what happens with these guys who didn't think. What happens to Sean Tucker? What happens to um, some of the other guys that didn't didn't do anything at the combine? Like, do they get back in that? Does Tajay Spears get back in that group? Um, where do they go? Because we haven't seen much. We're waiting on pro days. So we'll see what happens with guys as the pro days roll out. And then, right, landing spot matters for these guys a lot. And there's kind of a glut of running backs right now. So landing spot and opportunities are going to be huge.
0: How many running backs go in the NFL first round? And same thing with the quarterbacks. How many rookie running backs do you think will go in the first round of uh, rookie drafts?
2: I think three go in the NFL draft. I think it's obviously Bijan, Gibbs, and then I would say I think Devin Achain goes. But it could be, you know, Chase Brown It could be someone that, who wants that fit. Right? Chiefs have the 32nd pick. They could take Devin Achain and fill him in the mechanic role. I think in our rookie drafts in PPR, I think there's three, maybe four. I have Bijan one, I have Gibbs going around the 106, and then I think one goes in the 12 team, I think they go 11-12. I think you can see three of them in your rookie drafts, maybe four depending on team fits.
0: Yeah, that's a big fear of a lot of people that have Chiefs running backs about uh, the Chiefs drafting a running back later in this trade in Absolutely. the first round or something that's – it's a, a big, uh, big fear from a lot of people. They got lucky, hitting, they struck gold last year with a seventh round pick. But you know, who knows yeah. what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah,
1: I think late we, second, early third, mid third NFL draft. I think you can see a lot of movement lot of, them, yep. of teams starting to see, oh, that guy's falling. That's that guy. We like him better than these other three. I could see teams starting to make a lot of movement. That late second round, mid third. I could see a ton of running backs going in the third in yes. this year's draft. I could see just overload running backs in the in the third. Um, there's just enough guys out there. And there's some outliers, you know, super small guys that I think you can maybe take late. The guys will take a shot on in, like, the, the fifth or sixth round. But I, I kind of see that third round is going to see the big round that you're going to start seeing all these guys fly off yep. the board. I agree. Yeah,
0: Pacheco runs very well. He runs super hard, you know. And, I, you know, it's, it's nice to have a receiving back out of the backfield also. But I think they, they run, if they have a chance to pass up a – uh if they have a chance to draft a running back that falls in the lab, I think they'll they'll, they'll take a stab at that without a problem. Yep. Let's switch to receiver. Uh, wh- who's a riser and who's a follower from after the combine?
2: I mean, risers for me were Zay Flowers and JSN. Like, JSN was one already, but he looked everything that we wanted from him. He had real soft hands, ran really smooth, didn't run the 40, but that's not his game. Um, and then Zay Flowers, I think, looked really special out there. He just looked different. Fallers for me. Uh, Addison, I think, didn't look great. Uh, Hyatt did not look great. Cause he was supposed to be the super fast guy didn't perform. And then, uh, Keyshawn Boutte looks like booty. He just looked like trash out there. I don't think he
1: performed well at all.
0: Uh, what about you, JT? Who do you think? I got yeah, Marvin I so. Mims, the guy I was talking about.
1: Yeah, very, very similar to the guys, I think, that you said that for fallers. I think those guys, yeah, they just did not look good at all. Um, I'm an Addison guy. I've always liked Addison. I don't think he overly impressed at the combine, but I also kind of think he did what he does. I think he yeah. came in the size that he is. Uh, he ran about what people thought he was going to run. Um, I just think the guy's the precision wide receiver that just makes plays. JSN, um, I think everybody that had worries about him, with all those shuttle times, how quick an in and out, I mean, the guy just finds space. He, he yep. just makes plays. Um, so I, I think, you know, if he's running, even if he runs a four or five, six, or even up to a four, six, one at his, as uh, pro day, I don't think it's going to kill him because everybody saw yep. how quick in and out as he is of everything. I think he's, you know, I think he's got, I've said it before Cooper cup with a better pedigree. I think he's a high end. He's a guy that could absolutely end up being a Cooper cup, put up that type of stats on the right team. I think he's a high riser for sure. Uh, Quit Johnson. I'm just, man, I'm not in love with him. He's another big guy who, who, who has all the traits again. I like production. I want to see guys that did it. I you know just cause the guy's got the body type. It doesn't do it for me. So he's the guy that fell a little bit for me. Um, mid round guys that I've got my eye on that third round, that fourth round. Can I steal them? I think Mims, which I thought you could get in the third. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. I feel like he's rising uh, quite a bit to that early second, but I thought he, he looked really good and he put up a good 40 time when it seemed like no one else was. So I think that stood out even more because the, it was so many guys running slower forties than you thought. Um, Jalen Reed from Michigan state is a guy I like. Um, He's got a—he's a guy I want to keep my eye out on. Uh, he's got Calvin Ridley written all over him, and if—and he's just people are kind of down on him. I think if you could get him in like the late third or early fourth of a rookie draft, he's worth that dirt throw because I just think he's got some talent and he played on an offense that just really didn't throw the ball that much. Uh, but Mims and him are my two guys. I'm like trying to see where I can get them late in drafts.
2: Yeah, I—I mean, see this comment. JSN of the Bears at nine after two trade backs. I will say I talked to a guy who talked to JSN's agent, and he didn't think that JSN was going to go in the top. He was thought he was going to go in the 20s. I think JSN goes 12 to Houston. I think they take Stroud and, and JSN to pair that back up. Um, so JSN to the Bears at 9 I think will be a reach for what JSN thinks and his agents seem to think that he's going to go. So we'll see. I also really like Tank Dell. I think he's a great steal in probably the late second, early third. I think he had a good combine as
0: well. So that's Joe Castleman, who is the guy who leads commercials on during the Bears game because he's <laughs> such a Bears fan. He won't turn on the red zone. So,
2: uh, yeah. <laughs> so
0: those, those some of the Bears fans like that have uh- – yeah, you know, they, they're going to trade, so. trade back five times and get 400 picks and still get JSM that kind of stuff. You know, so
1: yeah, I think uh, it's going to be really interesting to see where these whiteouts go in the first round. I mean, they're getting mocked all over the place. Uh, people aren't completely sold on them. You know, last year everybody kind of moved up to get everybody. Um, you've seen a lot of people talk about these guys going in the in the twenties. and and maybe you see somebody that's like, hey, this is wideouts that we thought were top 10-12 are dropping to early 20s. Maybe they can get a move with a trade there. Um, I've said I think JSN on like the Chargers would be Mm -hmm. phenomenal. I think he would just – his fantasy stock would go through the roof, but I just also think he would be a great uh, player on a team like that. And even on a team like – the Vikings with Justin Jefferson. I mean, I could just crush play in the middle while Jefferson deep down the sidelines. So I wouldn't be worried about Jason being the absolute number one guy. I think he's talented enough that even if he's technically the two on your fantasy team or in real life team, I just think he's a guy that is going to put up stats in a PPR league. No matter what.
0: I agree. What about you guys? What did, what did Michael Wilson do with the draft that, that it was so special? Any Anybody? Like what? Did, what do you think that he's anything that he did to raise up his stock? Because he's he's like a buzz name to kind of around the around the fantasy football right now.
1: Uh, for me, I, I, I've seen a lot of people talk about him. I I haven't got deep into him very much. He looks he looks okay. Uh, I think he's he's got potential. I think that's what people are looking at the potential. For me, there's other guys I would prefer. Uh, guys that I've just seen out there, like I said, a, a Reed, a Mims. Um, I actually like Hutchinson from Iowa State a lot. Yep. I actually thought he, for his size that he is, the 40 he ran was actually reasonable. I kind of thought it was going to be slower. So the fact that it wasn't crazy slow, I mean, it wasn't fast. He wasn't running four fours, but yeah. I think he ran maybe a four, five, two, something in that range. But I think uh, for his body size being 6 6'2", over 200, he's a guy I'm liking a lot. I think with the right fit, he also is a guy that can be a pretty decent uh, fantasy two or three for you.
2: Yeah, it was tough at the combine because right Richardson dominated a lot of that day. So a lot of these guys didn't get as much buzz as they probably should. Um, so they'll get more pro days. So like I like Andre Iosevich from Princeton. Like He's one of the few tall guys. He's 6'3", 205. He impressed me in the catching drills. So curious to see where he goes. Like He could be a third-round pick in a few fantasy drafts. Um, I don't think he gets a high draft class. But right, we're talking about running backs getting hammered in the second, third. I think wide receivers are going to be the same in the NFL draft of we could see a run of them mid-second of just guys flying off the board one right after another, very much like we saw in the first round this past year. I think it's just a – it's a deeper class, but not as, as front-loaded as last year was.
0: Yeah. Um, you got any sleepers, wide receiver sleepers?
2: Yeah, Yosevich is my sleeper from Princeton. Uh, with a class being as small as it is, like there's just not many guys, honestly, over six foot, and he's 6'3", 205. Obviously went to Princeton, so Princeton's known for being a smart school suite. Like, he impressed me in the interviews, seemed like a smart guy. Um, there's a couple other guys who just didn't do a whole lot who impressed me in the interviews. So, Joss Fitch is the guy, uh, so it's I-O-S-V-A-S, I believe is how you say his last, his, his last name if you're looking for it. Um, he's the guy that I think could be a sleeper if he gets on the right one. And then A.T. Perry, um, another big guy who I think, in the right fit, could be a sleeper for uh, Dynasty and for fantasy football.
0: All right, we're going to gonna we're gonna speed this up a little bit, so we're going to go to tight ends real fast. Um, this is by far, uh, this is a lot of good tight ends kind of just appeared out of nowhere for this. You know, everybody knew about Michael Mayer already, and, you know, you know my, Luke Musgrave was kind of making a push up, up the boards too. Then you got the, the Dalton Kincaid, and, you know, and then, uh, you know, a lot of dudes just kind of popped out of nowhere, like, uh, you know, doing really, really, really good, uh, you know, making up some really good athletic um, – uh, like Zach Koontz, you know, guys who had really good athletic combine. so what, what in this class, is this class really as good as it seems you guys think?
2: I think it is. The problem is, is when we talk about fantasy, like Titans just don't produce for fantasy right away. And I don't see any of these guys producing. Maybe mayor does like produce a little bit, but I'm not expecting a great crop. Like I think you, those are the guys I'm taking late third, fourth round in my dynasty rookie drafts. Um, because they're just not going to produce right now, but you can throw them on your taxi squad and sit on them for two years. Um, You know, Dan Jeremiah said there's double-digit starters. I think that might be true, but some of them are going to just be blockers who aren't going to be fancy relevant. So um, I think it's a deep class, but not an overly great class, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, there's a – I think people are just so thirsty for a good tight end in some of these teams that they're they're, they're bumping up everything they do in the combine and any kind of film is is spicy to anybody because – We need to fill some some voids. Um, Yeah, I I
1: mean, I love this draft class for tight ends. Um, Yeah, this is another one. If I have a bunch of late fourth or fifth round picks or I got somebody in my draft who always complains about taking guys, I'm going to make a trade. I'm going to get a guy and try to get there and get as many as I can. I did the same thing last year where i was taking dolchich i was taking otten i was taking bellinger i was taking yep. as many guys as i could i'm doing the same thing this year i'm on i'm on Laporta. i'm on musgrave i uh, i love koontz i mean I he's a koontz guy too. people forgot that he was at penn state and he actually uh, put up really good numbers at old dominion uh, i like him a ton and uh, Payne durham i he's a guy that is, is kind of s- sneaky. He hasn't played a ton of football. Uh, he was really good at Purdue. Um, the guy made, made plays. He's just a big guy. and I think he's just learning. So I think he's kind of scratching the surface. Um, Strange, all Latu, guys, like,
2: Schumacher. Yeah, you uh-huh. take all those guys in fourth, fifth round, you'll be you'll be paying dividends, I think, in your in your dynasty leagues. Yeah, I'm probably not
1: overpaying for anybody. No, even in a super flex. I'm not gonna grab any of these guys late first or even mid second. I'm waiting to see if I can get these guys like late third, early fourth, into that fifth. But yeah, I I'd almost rather wait on some of that second tier yep. tight ends and just take them in the fourth and fifth I agree. as opposed to taking Musgrave or Kincaid or somebody really early.
0: Yeah. yeah, can like a guy like Darnell Washington, can he become a pass catcher and kind of be relevant in the league? He
2: can. I just don't think he does. Right. He didn't do it in college because they have a great guy there. To me, he's like the next O.J. Howard. He's physically gifted, but will he get the opportunity to be the pass catcher and will, since he has limited experience, can he excel at that? I'm not sure he can. I mean, he's physically talented, but because he's such a good blocker, I think teams leave him in the block, and he doesn't get that opportunity. NFL. He didn't get it in college because – He's really good at blocking. Another guy that's really good at catching. Same thing happened to O.J. Howard. He was big, physical, good at blocking, could catch, but they had Cameron Braid. They rolled Cameron Braid out and kept O.J. Howard in the block. So that's my fear with Washington
1: is that he just stays in and blocks and doesn't get the opportunity.
0: Yeah, yeah I think this is team? something
1: in uh, an NFL class where – we ended up deciding that they were really good NFL players. I'm yep. not sure how many of you guys end up being great fantasy players. Yeah, but I, yeah, right. I think as a class, I think they're going to be a really yep. good class for NFL purposes. But you're going to have to wait and find that guy that hits the right landing spot where they use tight ends a lot yep. or play two tight ends and throw to their tight ends a lot um, to where you can make these guys uh, relevant. But uh, I definitely am going to stash them. If I have a taxi squad oh, yeah. uh, league where you can hold them for one or two years, I'm drafting as many of these guys as I can, and I'm stashing them.
0: I yeah, agree. who's the kid? Who's the kid from Notre Dame? A couple years ago, went to the Panthers. Uh, great, uh, Tommy, great, great, Tommy, Tommy, Tremble, Tommy Tremble, about one of the best blocking tight ends in the world. But he's fantasy irrelevant, you know. He's yeah, great NFL tight end, but he's fantasy irrelevant. That kind of stuff, you know. Yep, I get it. Um, all right, uh, with tight end, with tight end premium becoming the norm, should we be moving any of these guys up on rookie draft boards, or are they just? I mean, we already talked about it, they're just like kind of mid, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's why they're in going to be in the fourth and I can see maybe taking a few end of the third. I wouldn't be surprised if we see someone take one of them late first, to be honest with you. Like if someone falls in love with Kincaid, if he works out his pro day or falls in love with Washington and think he's going to be the next, the next big thing. I wouldn't be surprised if someone jumps up there and grabs him the late first, like in a 12 team, like 111, 112 or early second. I just don't think we should because they just don't, for fantasy purposes they just don't produce until really right. year two year three so i think it's a mistake to like all we, i think we're always looking for the next Gronk or the next kelsey or the next Kittle, and we just go, oh titan premium they're worth so much more because it's tight premium no there's you still gotta wait for him like even k Otten was really good this past year for fantasy like there was no reason to take him early just gonna wait it so i don't think we should i think we need to slow down and go okay yes they're good but they're still a tight end and even though tight end premium makes them somewhat more somewhat more equal in terms of like point production they're just not going to produce this year
0: yeah i'm uh i kind of like luke musgrave uh, you know he's probably my too. favorite tight in this league anyway so oh, hold on
1: yeah so Musgrave that, was I, my favorite uh, c2c trade last year i had somebody who was desperate for a playoff quarterback that traded me i traded haneke away from musgrave nice. and uh And the ball state running back who's now at UCLA. And I can't believe I'm blanking on his name is killing me. Um, I'm going to look that up, but yes, I traded for those two guys. And I was like, I mean, I'm loving that now. I, yeah. In a tie end premium league where I'm, I think I only have Kaseki as my only tight end, I'm like, oh, I was like, that was a great trade to get Musgrave to move up for me this year. So I think if he ends up in a good spot, um, he's a guy I think that I kind of impressed at the combine as well. People didn't realize he was as big as he is. He's almost a yeah. size, and then he you know, ran pretty fast. So I think I could see him in a real NFL draft sneaking into maybe the late first round, early mm-hmm. second round, yeah. and getting a good landing spot there.
0: Very good, very good. Well, thank you guys so much for your time tonight. I really appreciate it. There was just some great information. Uh, we were—I was. This was in my head. This is going to be a half-hour show, but it never <laughs> works out that way, <laughs> as, we, as we all know. So uh, that's it. You want to, um, uh, Dal- Dustin? You want to uh, sh- t- show everybody uh, under? Yeah. Uh, tell everybody uh, you know where they can find you at, all that kind of stuff. On your way out.
2: Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at the D Unit Thirteen. So it's right there. Below my name there, and you can catch my articles on Dynasty Pros, Dynasty Nerds, and QB list. But uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll get, you know, questions. I try to tweet at least once every day and talk football, so I'm always out there. DMs are open if you want to talk football. Send me your questions, you know, league-specific. Uh, it's the best way of getting a of
0: me. One more time, the co-host with the, with the mo-host, JT. <laughs> you, can find you find me you on –
1: uh, Twitter at uh, JT Orange. <clears throat> always on there talking about anything uh, there. Also, just recently uh, joined the Dynasty Pros group. So, look at yes. like articles Dynasty out Dynasty Pros. And then also uh, doing some stuff for DLF. Uh, some writing on that as well. And then PTW, always on the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast here with uh, John, the main host. So, I, you can find me on all those things. And I'm in about every Discord uh, there is out there. <laughs> so, I'm always in there as JT Orange or JT Orange 4. I'm always – Voting on polls, I'm always talking about trades with guys and, and what kind of work. So, you can always find me in there and hit me up on, on that as well.
0: Joe Castleman, Jamal the Icon, uh, Univ, uh, all that stuff. You guys, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the questions, Joe. Thanks for the comments. Great show, guys, gents. We're gentlemen and scholars. Well, you guys are scholars, I'm just a gentleman, so <laughs> we'll, we'll go that. But, uh, thank you very much for coming out today and being part of the commissioner evaluation show. So, we we'll, see it- our way out. We'll- repeat and i would like to say one more time thank you very much for being here it's much appreciated the fun begin. this is the commissioner evaluation podcast with your host john mcglynn that he got them guests on the rolodex stopping by to talk about some dynasty superflex everybody yo commission's is in it's time to sit down to listen to john mcglynn yo who we trading who we fading who squad now it's never overrated playing for number one and hey, yo mcglynn is in it's time to let the fun begin it's the commissioner evaluation podcast with john mcglynn and jt and all my boy all these awesome guests you guys will be coming down the pipeline thank you very much thanks for p2w for having me on uh nick script i appreciate let me use your streamyard yard and your youtube and uh well thanks for making the commissioner evaluation show awesome thank you